Your attention, please. Listen. You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber and our guest today, Dr. Darcy, who answers the author of The 10-Minute Sexual Solution, A Busy Couple's Guide to Having More Fun, Intimacy, and Sex. It's a great book. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Darcy, we were talking about the 10 rules to how to fight right. As I said before, the number one reason that people have a low sex or sexless relationship or marriage is because of anger. And the number one reason people divorce is because of a lack of conflict resolution. Now, it took me one marriage and half of another <laughs> marriage to figure out how to fight yeah. right. Well, at least you got but there. But I got it. I That's really right. learned well. And I developed, so I wasn't good at this at the beginning, but I learned to develop this as I got in my 20s and in my 30s, and now I'm an expert at it and fight great. But I'm going to go through the top 10 rules for how to fight right because you want to resolve that conflict and move on so you can love each other. Right. The number one I said is no abuse, no physical abuse, no yelling, no name-calling. If you do that, you take a timeout. You call a timeout and you cool off. You got you got to really make that agreement before you get into yeah. any conversation. Here's the ground rules. Can can we trust each other to do it? And if I say I want a timeout, are you going to let me have it even if we're uncorked? You got to get that agreed on before you even start. That's right, Keith. And you can't put in your last word and then put up the timeout signal. <laughs> 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 That's I tried that one. Get <laughs> your punch in before. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Just cool down because a lot of times, you know, even if you have to sleep on it, I know some people are like, let's never go to bed angry. That sounds really great. But when you're agitated at 11 o'clock and you're tired, sleep on it. And 98% of the time you wake up and realize, oh, that was so stupid. Yeah, the tired, you're right. the tireds are talking is what's happening. You know, not, having, you not having food or being... Uh, Ragged from the day, those two things can make Work things against, yeah. really distorted. Right. So just cool off and start it the next day or start it an hour later. And I give specific guidelines about how to do that in the book. Now, the second thing is take turns with anger. And this is kind of a different concept, which is anger to me is like a vacuum cleaner. One person can use it to suck the air, dirt, and life out of a room. Mm-hmm. If somebody's in that angry mood, maybe they're PMSing, maybe they had a bad day at work, Try to detach and not suck into it. Try not to get hooked and let that person kind of rant their rants and rants and rants and say what's wrong and the other person be mature enough to be calm. Yeah. And when they're calmed down, they go, well, look, I'm really glad you're calmed down now, but you calling my mother, father, a bastard was really not nice to do in the middle of your anger. Right. Okay, so try to take turns with it as best as you can. That's maturity. So, you know, it's like one person speaks, and if they have to speak more, the other one listens and doesn't try to interfere or argue. I, I find taking turns is really a valuable thing. Yeah, it's a lot better than compromise. Compromise kind of, to me, stinks. Because, you know, if I want to go to Disney World, I don't want to go, like, between my house and end up in Jacksonville. I want to go all the way to Disney World. But we can take turns, and we'll go to Disney World, and you can have your anger, your your point, yeah, and then yeah. next year I'll go to NASCAR with you. Right. We are running out of time. We're surely not going to do these 10 rules this hour, so we're going to have to pick up next hour and continue because this is really, really important stuff. This is the stuff 
that's generally the underlying stuff that's causing the problems, and then we can get into the solution also. Where can people get your book, Darcy? You can go to Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, online, or in the bookstore. If it's not there, you can order it. The 10-Minute Sexual Solution. It's a great book. We're going to do more on it next uh, next hour. Thank you, Dr. Darcy, for joining us, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again next hour. Thanks for having me on tonight. You bet. Hang on. This is really, really good stuff. She's yeah. really on top of her game with this I, stuff. I love, I love what she's doing here. Now, come on. You can do it. Stretch into the greater you. Stay with us next hour. We'll do more. Thanks for joining us for the second hour of Mastering Ourselves. In the first hour today, we had Dr. Darcy Luadzers, who's written the book, The 10-Minute Sexual Solution, Join Us. She does a great job. She really knows her stuff. She presents it very well, and she really does have some very good sound answers to help all of us, all of you, to get around, you know, your arms around the problem and get solutions. What we started uh, at the very end of the last hour were uh, the 10 rules on how to fight right, and we would like to continue with that because that is very much the underlying causes of what's causing intimacy to get left out in the cold. So we're talking how to resolve conflicts. If you can resolve conflicts, you can get about through about anything. Hi, Dr. Darcy. Thanks for having me on again. <laughs> it's our pleasure. So we, we hit uh, point one and point two, and maybe point three was sleeping for the night. Yes, the ten rules for how to fight right, I'm going to try to encapsulate them so we can get to some of the sexual solutions. Okay. Number one is no physical abuse, no yelling, no name-calling, no cursing, and if you are at that level of tension, you take a time out. Next, you take turns with anger. If somebody's angry, you let them be angry. You try to stay calm, and then you have your turn. Do finish a fight. That's very important. Don't just put it under the rug and then wake up the next day and say, okay, let's pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, because it just boils up again later and later and later. And, you know, going A to Z in a fight is really the only way to have it go away and stay away. Right. This is where a lot of people get hung up is that they push it on the rug, and then you create a resentment. That's right. And resentments are the foundation upon which divorce is built. Yes. So you have to move on to fighting and getting over it, but I put a little caveat in there about no silent violence. Silent violence is a special form of, fi- of violence. It's a special form of verbal abuse where somebody's not actually yelling or cursing or name-calling or anything but they just won't talk. And I've met couples, particularly sexless couples, who they don't talk for hours or days or even a couple of weeks. And people think, well, that's okay. I mean, I'm not calling you a bad name. I'm just not talking to you. But that silent violence is a, is a destroyer of relationships and marriages. Yeah, so you gotta, I have a special section about that. you got to communicate. You know, in my relationship... I'm really grateful that Charmé just rolls out with the problem. Yeah. Uh, she's she's better at it than me. I think we're both pretty good, but she does it before I would, you know, maybe 80% of the time. And it really is helpful to our relationship. Right. You have to have somebody who's willing to speak up and say the problem. That's right. But the bottom line of getting a fight resolved is that you have to admit when you're wrong. 
it's, yeah. And when I have couples that say, oh, they never say they're sorry. Or, <laughs> no, I, I can't, I just, I'm, I'm bad at that. Well, that's like saying, well, I'm bad at changing diapers. <laughs> Open your mouth and plug your nose. Nobody <laughs> likes it. Okay? That's right. You know, learning to say you're sorry, what most people do when they're young and they're immature, or they're older and not mature, or they've never learned to fight right, yeah. is that they know the other person is wrong to a certain extent, and they really know they're wrong to a certain extent, yeah. but they're not, gonna wi- they're not willing to admit they're wrong until the other person admits they're wrong first. Yeah. But if you're the first one to say, even if 80% of the problem is the other person and 20% of yours, or 99 and 1%, right. even if you're that 1% and you say, I'm sorry I yelled at you about that, even though you know that was mm-hmm. their fault, yep. and you say, I'm sorry, you change the course of a fight. You do. You know, I've seen many of conflict changed way. right at the point when somebody goes, when somebody just offers, humbly offers, you know, I wish I wouldn't have said that to you. Right. You know, even though, like you say, it's 80% their problem, you, in your mind at least. Right. If you'll, if you'll offer that. It's also right. important for couples to remember they're both on the same team. Yeah, you're not fighting to win. When, when you're the 100% person that's right, all you have is, you're right. <laughs> all, all alone. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, all alone. So you don't have a resolve. That's so, right. Say, even if it's that 1%, be the strong one and say, I'm wrong and I'm sorry. And you don't do what I call in the book the Feetsum Apology, which is, my Feetsum is my maiden name, and I grew up with the, I'm sorry, but it's really your fault. <laughs> That's a great apology, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. About as hollow as it gets. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't have done That's this. That's right. So it's See? your fault. So it's not my fault at all. I come but I here... said I'm sorry, so what do you want? Yeah, that should be good enough. Let's move on. I come here to apologize for the way I reacted to the horrendous thing that you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. It's like, if you can learn it. It took me a while to learn to just say, I'm sorry for this. Yeah, even though you have to bite your tongue, so just, it doesn't just, say anything else. Just your own part of the deal, folks. And if you can do that part there, say I'm sorry, really, without a but, and, you know, admit what you did wrong, you're 90% your way there. And when people learn to fight right, now you have an opening for the intimacy and the sex and the sexual solutions that I want to really offer busy couples to be able to be used. So let's do that here in a moment. For those of you who have just joined us, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmé Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound solutions to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Fridays, and Saturdays right here on CRN, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. We have with us today Dr. Darcy Loadzers, who's written the book, The 10-Minute Sexual Solutions. So I guess we're ready now for some solutions. Well, I want to get right into the dirt, the problem here, and that is low sexual desire. Now, most of the time, low sexual desire is women, as I've said before. One-third of women have low sexual desire, and 13% of men have sexual desire. Low sexual desire, yep. Low sexual desire. And mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to quantify that, but, you know, 
generally the problem is the discrepancy, that you'll have a partner who wants to have sex four or five times a week, and you have a partner that has wants to have sex once a week, and it may be normal, but it is lower. Yeah. But people, women with low sexual desire generally want to have sex once a month or less. So I want to get into what I have introduced in my book, which is an innovative, brand new approach that I want your listeners to know about to sexual desire for women. The research in the past on the sexual response cycle has largely focused on the way that sex works is you have sexual desire and then you have sexual arousal and then you have a climax. And it's this wonderful little thing. And men get to experience this without doing anything when they're 12. They have hormones going and they're horny and they get an erection and they have climax in their sleep. It's just a miracle. But what I have found in my practice is that at least 30% of women, probably a third of women, it may be the third that doesn't have sexual desire. I don't know. I've not done the research. But early research has shown that that model of sexual response cycle does not work for a third of women. That a new model that I offer women is completely different. And this new formula is, is that you have sexual arousal first, and then you have sexual desire, and then you have more arousal, and then you have orgasm. In that there are many women, and if you're one of those women, or your wife or partner is one of those women, she is not abnormal and sexually deprived, is that she doesn't think about sex. It never crosses her mind. And men, this is mind-boggling to you if you're listening, but it never honestly crosses their mind to think about sex or have a sexual fantasy. But when there is touch, when there is connection and there is physical touch, then sexual desire happens after that, not before that. And for women who are waiting to have sex until they have this strong passion of desire, because that's what happens first, right? Yeah. Women wait to have that desire and then say, okay, I'm ready for sex. If you wait for that to happen first, for a third of women it won't happen. If you start with kissing and touching and connection with sex, and then sexual touch, one-third of women will feel the desire, and once they get going, it's like, hey, don't stop now. Yeah, right. Then they want to keep going, and then they move through the sexual response cycle. It's a very different way for one-third of women to approach sex. Don't wait until you feel desire or feel horny. First, start with touch. Yes. Then you will feel desire. Make the make the agreement, and you know this is what you can expect, and let's uh, let's start touching. Right. So the the very first thing that I have couples do after they've kind of got their fights out of the way, and they've spent some time together, and they're trying to rekindle their emotional relationship and their friendship, is start every day with one minute of passionate, passionate kissing and hugging. Oh, nice. Without a sex expectation. Yep. Sex is not going to follow this. We're going to just kiss and hug and be passionate, and there's nothing that follows. Just see how you feel. That's a good way. It no, is. Nothing that follows, just for a minute. That's a great thing, you know, because it starts that becoming alive in your life. Right. One minute is actually a pretty long time to be kissing. <laughs> it is. For some people, but, you know, this is how women learn to feel sexual desire when they're teenagers is by kissing and making out. Right. 
some women don't even realize, you know, that they have sexual arousal that happens to them. Men realize it and boys realize it. It's outside of themselves. And it's an appendage outside of themselves that gets aroused. But women don't experience that. Well, women might be sort of like... uh like blocked off, like this isn't okay, or or I don't know quite how to do with it, you know. So they might have it even blocked off psychologically. Correct. That's right. So you start first with talk, and then you start with touch, and then you begin with sexual touch, and that's how women experience desire. But don't wait until you're turned on, because until you're turned on in your mind about desire, right? Because that's not going to happen. The other problem is that what I see with low sexual desire women, almost every single case, is that these are women who are overthinkers. They've constantly, you know what I'm talking about, Charmaine, that they constantly have things on their mind. They got to go to work and they got to go to the post office and they got to go get this package out and yep. they got to go. It's true. And, you know, even when they're in an intimate situation, in bed, alone, kids are away, whatever, all the distractions gone, they're sitting there and you're kissing and they're thinking, did I get that load of laundry in the dryer? (laughs) Right? Yep. It's true. That they need to have that touch to get into, they're out of their minds and they're overthinking and into their bodies. Yep. Forget the laundry. And experience touch. But it takes that transition. It doesn't happen. That's why men get turned on in two minutes for sex and women, it takes eight minutes. They've got to get the laundry in the floor they have to mop out of their mind that's right okay you're listening to mastering ourselves with keith and charme amber your spiritual lifestyle experts we offer a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions thank you for joining us tonight we hope that this is helpful for you don't forget to catch us monday tuesday wednesday friday and saturdays 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m eastern right here on crn Our guest today, Dr. Darcy Luadzers, who's written the book, The 10-Minute Sexual Solution, A Busy Couple's Guide to Having More Fun, Intimacy, and Ultimately Sex. We're going to talk more with her about The 10-Minute Solution, which we just started getting into when we come back, so stay with us. We definitely have more. We're all looking for ways to become better people, so why not let Charmé and Keith Amber, co-hosts of Mastering Ourselves, help guide your way? Mastering Ourselves offers a clear path through the muddle of life. Charmé and Keith have a new book called Steps to Enlightenment with formulas for personal growth and tools to change unwanted habits. Steps to Enlightenment offers it all. Find out what others have to say about Steps to Enlightenment at www.masteringourselves.com.